Nation, authors, coaches, speakers. Three, two, one. Amplify your mission. Access training. AYMission.com. And here is your host. He's a best selling author, TEDx speaker, and was even named one of the top 10 dads in podcasting by Podcast Magazine. Please help me welcome to the stage, Adam Lewis Walker. Okay, this week we're talking all about how to build and lead a community and bringing us all together. This is going to be a really interesting interview. We've got Pablo A. Fernandez on the line. He is a TEDx speaker and he builds and leads communities and loves bringing humans together as we've been brought together today. So Pablo, pretty short introduction, but are you ready to amplify your mission today? I'm super excited and thanks for having me on, Adam. No worries. That is a, you know, that introduction is a bit short and it, it makes me curious, probably listeners curious. What would you like to add or highlight? What are you, what are you all about? Yeah, I mean, I think what comes to mind that we can add to that is ever since I was a little boy, I've been bringing people together. And I think it's just something that's in my DNA. And it's something that I grew up being totally passionate about. I, I'll just tell you a quick story. I was this little boy, probably seven, eight years old. And I used to put on what I would call a restaurant show for my family. I'd bring everyone into the living room. I'd hand them all crayon written menus and say, this is the dinner for the night and you get to select a dish. And I would go rush back into the kitchen, wouldn't let anyone in. And I would say, you got to give me as much time as I need, but I'm going to bring out your dinner. Of course, like an hour or two later, they're starving. I bring them back something half the time that was inedible. But I, I've just always grown up with this passion to bring people together. And that's led me through multiple careers of doing that in different capacities to, to where I am now. Yeah. And I kind of have a, a pretty good understanding of what you do now. And it's so interesting because, I mean, I don't know that many people. I feel like you're the guy who I know who does this. I don't feel like I know any other people. You know, I know lots of other professions and there's multiple people. So what exactly um, do you do as a profession now? And like, what is like, if I'm coming to you as a like interested in working with you uh, as a business owner, like t- tell us a little bit about what you get up to now because it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So... In 2012, we launched Secret Table, and what Secret Table originally was, was a pop-up experience. It was an event that um, we were inspired to bring to our community here in San Diego. I had just moved here. Part of the inspiration came from my own personal desire to meet interesting people in the community. And I was going through a pretty major transitionary phase in my life at the time, and um, had spent 10 years in finance. and. About a year before that, I had transitioned out of that career, and I was thinking I was going to go into more of like the food and nutrition space. I did a holistic health coaching certification and had, had always been passionate about food and nutrition. And so I was trying to put my feelers out there in the community thinking, like, what do I do with this? Do I open up restaurants? Do I you know, do coaching and consulting in the space? But what I knew I always wanted to do was continue to bring people together. And so my brother, who was my first partner at the time, and I came up with this concept of secret table, which is essentially a pop-up experience where there's a secret menu, a secret venue, and a secret guest list. And we just wanted to have fun with that and bring, and, and, and bring something new and exciting to the community. And um, we launched it, and it went incredibly well, and, and people loved it and uh, kind of caught fire. And we did that for about three to four years. But what ended up happening is after the first couple of years, folks that would attend our events would say, hey, can we hire you guys to do this for us? Like I have, you know, I run X company or I have this nonprofit 
fundraiser that's coming up? Can we, you know, con contract you guys to produce an event like this for team building or client appreciation, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So we started doing that and we became an event company. We became this experientially focused human connection uh, focused ex uh, event company. And we did that until the pandemic hit. And, mm -hmm. you know, when the pandemic hit, it was a bit of a, a forcing function for us to pause and, and, and look around and assess where we were, what we were doing, what we wanted to do. And what I truly always wanted to do with Secret Table was to turn it into a community. That was my vision. My vision in the beginning was to host these events, meet interesting people in the community that were reson re resonated with each other, that I appreciated being around. And we wanted to turn it into a community, something like a member-based community yeah. that was cultivated through these live experiences. And we never did that. We became an event company instead. And so the silver lining through all of this over the last couple of years is that it allowed us to uh, come back to that vision. And so we're actually relaunching Secret Table as this community that we once envisioned here, here for San Diego. Perfect. Very, yeah. very good. So you touched on finances. And, so w and where are you originally from? I know you're based in San Diego now, but where are you originally from? I mean, what did you want to do? Like... You went into finance for 10 years. Tell us just a little bit about that kind of that, that journey. So I was born in Guatemala and my family and I immigrated here when I was a little boy. And, you know, I, it was just one of those classic immigrant stories. We started with basically nothing, knew nobody, no one here. And um, my mother, luckily, when I was a teenager, got into real estate. And uh, when I went to her at 17, 17 and a half, and I said, hey, I want my first car. And she's like, well, you're gonna have to work for it. And I said, okay, well, help me. What, what ideas do you have? She's like, you're not gonna go work at Ta Taco Bell or McDonald's. She's like, I have an idea. You're gonna connect with uh, a friend of mine who runs this brokerage, it was a financial brokerage. And she said, he's willing to give you an interview and um, maybe you can become like an intern for, or an assistant for him. And sure enough, I showed up, uh, he became my first mentor and I spent the next, yeah, 10 plus years in finance. It, it became my first career. Um, I have him to thank for that. He, he, he showed me the ropes and I did really well. And, and until the market crashed in 2008, I thought I was going to be building a financial empire and then all of that changed everything. So that's a, that's a whole other story. I was going to say, so I usually ask like, what was the time when it was a real struggle? So you were in finance at that time. Did you ever get back in finance or stay? When did you transition away, like timing-wise? And when was a throughout this whole period? When was a time where you really had to, you know, fight to kind of amplify your mission and, and really get back on track with what it is you're going to do? Yeah, it, that for those first eight years were amazing. I was so obsessed with changing my reality. I wanted to have my in my own independence, my own sovereignty. I wanted to be able to uh, pay for things, have freedom, have choices. And um, coming from where I came from, I also really wanted to help my family. Um, they worked so hard to set the things up in, that, that, that made it possible for me to have the life that I have now, uh, immigrating from Guatemala. And so, yeah, I was just like this obsessive young entrepreneur and I did really well. And I think the challenge was that I was kind of figuring it all out on my own. You know, I was, of course, my parents helped me and I, I did have mentors. But in reality, I, I was I really was like a little bit tunnel visioned and a little bit alone in the journey. And that was 
hindsight 2020, I didn't know any better at the time. Yeah. I was just putting my head down and just going. And I was in my mid mid 20s. So when the market crashed, I was totally unprepared. I didn't know what to do. I panicked. I went into basically I went into a depressive state for quite a while and we lost everything. I lost everything. I lost my properties, our office, the company. And um, shortly thereafter, I took a little bit of a break and shortly thereafter, I took a fine uh, corporate position for a bank and got back into the industry. But I didn't love it anymore. I was burnt out. And it was during that time that I also last, lost my grandmother to cancer. She, she died. She passed very young. And I just had a series of wake-up calls during that time where I just knew that I wasn't doing what I was meant to do. And um, I've just always had this passion for bringing people together. And, and, and I knew that it needed to be done in a way that was a lot more meaningful than what I was doing. And so, yeah, just through, through a series of wake-up calls during that time, I, I came to where I am now. Yeah. And... Uh... On the surface, I say, I didn't want to assume, but how, how good a cook are you? Because this food, the food <laughs> looks absolutely awesome. And you might think, oh, you're a chef or like, I, I, and when did that passion come in? Because yeah, bringing people together, definitely. But not just bringing them together. The food looks absolutely awesome. Mm. Malfoy. So when did that little piece come in? Because I mean, in, in the early days, I, did you do all the food yourself? Or was you just the, like the coordinator of this? Uh, how did that come mm. up? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so I've always had a passion for food, like I mentioned. I grew up in a culinary household. So one of the amazing things, despite any circum external circumstances, is that I always had my grandmothers in the house, my mother, everyone was always cooking and getting together and having these like big family parties. And I think just culturally and also just my, my family in particular has always had a deep interest in food and come from a long line of really good cooks. And so... It was always in my blood. I always had a passion for it. But when we launched Secret Table, yes, in the beginning, I was wearing all the hats, as, as was my brother. We were designing all the initial menus. And uh, you could say that I was a chef at the time. I became a chef. We, you know, I, I was leading the kitchen at the time and our, our team. But we quickly put a team together. And as our company grew and evolved, um, we were just so lucky to have uh, had had the opportunity to bring some amazing chefs onto our team, and so it was totally a team effort. But in the beginning, I was definitely wearing all the hat. I know you've recently done a TEDx talk, and a lot of times in this show, we're talking to people about you know how to amplify their mission, and, and obviously TEDx is a great way to do that. I'm thinking back to the early days, and and you obviously it was very San Diego based. How do you how do you feel like you amplify your mission? Most like by word of mouth, or how did you grow that company and what was effective for you and, and for other people can consciously take what they need from, from their situations and, and grow these not traditional communities. I mean, saying like secret table, you mm -hmm. know, and, and that's all marketing obviously in there and that quite exclusive. And, you know, talk to us about ways you got the word out about a secret, secret. <laughs> old Gavin, yeah. yeah. That's such a good question. It's actually something that I, talk a lot about I, I I love helping young entrepreneurs and and people that are transitioning into a, a space similar to this and um, I do quite a bit of mentoring and um, what I I think what I can what I can share briefly here is that when we launched secret table I I think at the time I was so grateful to have had the experience to work in finance the way that I had to have been trained in uh, with with, uh, with the understanding of just basic sales, marketing, and business development, just one hundred and one stuff, right? And so, 
when I moved to San Diego in, in that year in 2012 and we were preparing to launch Secret Table, I knew what it was going to take. I wasn't deluding myself to think, oh, we're just going to do a little social media here and reach out to some folks and this is just going to magically pop up. I knew it was going to be hard work in the beginning. And so, I mean, what I can tell you is that the, that first year, I, I made so many phone calls, sent out so many texts. I, I'm talking about thousands and thousands of phone calls, texts, follow-up. You know, I used a basics. I just used the basics, a CRM, a calendar, ruthlessly, day in and day out, asking for referrals, following up with people, making connections, going to visit people, attending other events. And I think beyond, behind that was this authentic intention to just bring something valuable to the community. I didn't know where it was going to go. I wasn't looking at these folks with some sort of like a dollar sign behind them. Yeah. I just, I just felt like, hmm, we're going to do something special here. And I want to connect with anyone that values human connection and building community. And I think that leading with that made a huge difference because you feel that energetically when you sit with someone that is just genuinely interested in that human being that's sitting in front of them. And so the combination of, of all of those things, I think helped to get us started in a way that just really worked and helped us grow quickly from the very beginning. So yeah, that's something that I always share. It's just some, yeah. sometimes it's just the, the hardcore basics. <laughs> what do you think are some of the essentials for these events and you know, creating that experience? And along with essentials, what, what unique aspects do you feel you bring to your event? Um, obviously to, to make them be so popular and so successful. Yeah, so th this is great. So this would be the, the next part of it was it's so interesting that we're talking uh, that one of the connections that we have between us is Ted, because when right before we launched, my friends and people that so before we launched Secret Table, we were hosting these dinner parties in our home. We myself, my brother and a couple other housemates, one of them, which was an amazing chef, had rented this big, beautiful home in Del Mar. And we specifically rented this big entertainers type of home because we wanted to host gathering. And so the pre-launch to Secret Table were these fun, interactive cooking class dinner parties that we would host at our home just for fun, just to build community. I think we were charging something per person, but it was literally just to cover the food ingredients. Yeah. It wasn't like a business, right? And so that was a bit of a testing ground for what ended up turning into Secret Table from, from my perspective. But my inspiration came from this idea that I kept having coming up in my, it kept coming up in my mind. It, I was fascinated by Ted. So I was a huge fan of Ted by that point already. I loved uh, the performance art world. So I was also fascinated by companies like Cirque du Soleil. And, and then I had my business background and I was part of paid communities and masterminds. And this is something that I'd been involved with heavily for a decade at that point. And so when I was thinking about it conceptually, I was thinking, you know, I want to create something that's like a mix between Ted, Cirque du Soleil, and some like high level mastermind, something where we can combine all of those, create this like multi-sensory and multidisciplinary experience. And, and with some good food. <laughs> and with some good food, and with some good food at, at, at the base of it, for sure, at the, as a foundation. And so I think that one of the things that set us apart from the very beginning and also helped frame the way that I communicated about it was that I was look also looking and curating the groups that we would invite to come together in that same way. 
Yeah. Um, so I, it just became a very unique and special experience for people. Um, I, I helped to paint that, that vision and that picture very vividly from the beginning. So even for the very first event, um, but after we started hosting these events, I think folks really, really like really felt like, oh, this is different. This isn't like what I'm used to. It's not a typical networking event. In many ways, the way that I thought about it was this is like the antithesis to the stale, boring, mechanical, one dimensional networking yeah. event that most people go to. So I think that that really helped. And we and we delivered on that. It was, uh, I think it was quite a diverse group of folks and a fun experience. The Talk Accelerator. Increase your income, influence, and impact. Do you want to do a TEDx talk? If the answer to that is yes in any way, shape, or form, or it perks your interest, head over to talkaccelerator.com. That's talkaccelerator.com. It's got all the information on how you can get a TEDx talk and why potentially you might do and the impact it can have on you and your message. If you go there as well for a limited time, you can click on the green button at several places on the page and schedule in your own idea clarity call where we can talk through your potential idea worth sharing and what makes a great idea worth sharing. The TEDx platform is a great way to enhance everything you do and amplify your message. If you have any interest in that, go across to talkaccelerator.com. That's talk x c e l e r a t o r.com. If you've got a message, if you've got a mission, it's time to amplify that message and increase your influence, income, and impact. I hope to speak to you very soon. Enjoy the show. And when it comes to sort of, and you've got it off the ground, word of mouth is happening, you've got these, you know, you're off and running, you've done, say, like hard, good hard couple of years to, to get the word out there and, and kind of get the thumbs on seats, as it were. Um, what do you think is important in terms of, building that community i know this is kind of some of the things you've set up so it you know it entices people that have a great experience in terms of building that community and leading that community and especially going into you know uh the pandemic when you kind of really had to lean into the membership side of it you, live events is not really a, a, an option for a period of time talk to us about that yeah that's so important and the pandemic was tough because we we hadn't closed that loop with our community by the time the pandemic hit and I had mentioned before that we ended up becoming an event company and, and, and a client service company. And so throughout that time, I think what was really helpful for us to maintain a high level of enrollment into the events and also a high, a high percentage of repeat attendees, we intentionally crafted uh, the attendee ratio to be about 60-40. We wanted about 60% returning maximum and 40% new on an event by event basis. But I think that the things that help to keep communities like that together are the cultural element. And those cultural elements are, they are cemented through the framing and the ritual that is established in live experience and in community and in, in connection. And so you know, I think that that was one of the things also that set the experience apart is that the experience was very carefully choreographed and, and framed. Even from before anyone arrived to the event, there were cultural guideposts and norms that were set as values and principles well beyond anyone, uh, well be before anyone actually even attended the event. 
and then uh, embodied through the entire process. And that's something that not only myself, but our team, and then uh, consequently uh, returning attendees embodied and participated in. And so I think that those are the things that in community keep, they keep community sticky and they keep people together. And that's, that's my biggest hope for this relaunch now is as we relaunch Secret Table as a member-based community where we get to cultivate and deepen those relationships through these live experiences. I think that's like, that's our core emphasis. Yeah. Is it still going to be a sort of San Diego based? Because obviously you're having the live events or are you, is it wider and people can come in or what's that kind of setup? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, and that's a great question. I think the other part that I believe is going to be different about this community is that we're going to be focused on our locality. Yeah. One of the things that the pandemic, I think it, it exposed this reality to most people, but it, it was something that I already used to think about quite a bit, um, really loving and caring about my community here locally. When the pandemic hit, I realized like, man, if something catastrophic were to happen, this is what we got. Like, this is who we have. And so I'm also very passionate about building local resiliency. And so this is going to be a big mm. part of the culture that's going to shape the community. And so we're, we're going to start and, and focus and deepen the uh, relationships and the leaders that represent our community for our community first. Yeah, I love that. Because, you know, a lot of these interviews talking about amplifying your mission, it's all about going like national or like how can you get out there with the internet now and virtual stuff it's just like as many as possible but i like that going going deep and you know deeper connection in in your local specific area and Mm -hmm. serving that that's awesome okay um if people want to continue the conversation and find out more about you and we still got more interview to go i just want to what's the what's the best way to connect with you what's the best way to continue the conversation and and uh also you know who is the sort of person that you think you'd like to, to reach out to you who would be a fit for, you know, you and, you know, your perfect client only? Yeah, thanks for asking. So PabloAFernandez.com is my personal website. That's probably the best place uh, to connect with me. That's where you'll get a, a solid view of all of the things that are part of our, our world and our ecosystem. SecretTable.co is our company website. And I think, you know, our community is going to be designed for leaders, multidisciplinary leaders that are interested in whole human growth and development and and also holistic impact in their communities and in the world as a ripple effect. And so those are those are for the community is going to be for individuals that are at the leading edge of their industry locally that care about improving, developing and connecting San Diego to at least as a as a core uh, vision. Pablo, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Adam. all right have a great week amplify your message and amplify your mission system shutdown three two one